2: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
3: Boy, oh boy, a dramatic and tough night for the Golden Gophers losing overtime after blowing a 21 point lead versus Northwestern to drop to two and two. What's up, everyone? Back in it. Golden Gophers postcast right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman at Luke underscore Spinman, joining me as always. We got Kane Rob, host of the Lockdown Gophers podcast. He's on X at Gophers Kane Rob, and then of course we got the legend, Gophers Hall of Famer Ron Johnson himself, host of the Ron Johnson Show. Follow him on X if you haven't already at three. Ron Johnson. All right, boys, plenty to discuss and break down, but before we jump into the nuts and bolts, quick reminder this postcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat over 50 types of infections. Get yours today at JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical.com. Also, too, while you're here, a quick reminder to subscribe to the show channel if you haven't already. Plus, make sure you're subscribed to the Lockdown Gophers podcast as Kane breaks down the team each and every week on the Lockdown Gophers podcast network. So, as we wait for some people to jump into the live feed here, I got in my notes. I started jotting down, you know, midway third quarter Darius Taylor, he's the A-topic, but obviously things quickly changed. They kind of spiraled out of control there. They were up 31-10 midway through the third quarter, let Northwestern kind of scratch and claw their way back into this. 21 unanswered points, guys, in the fourth quarter, including the game-tying TD pass with two seconds left on the clock. They end up losing this one, a heartbreaker, In OT, 37-34, Let's start with Ron Johnson. Ron, walk me through it here. Talk some people off the ledge because that's a tough one to swallow. Like what happened in that fourth quarter that you can put your finger on as to why this Gophers team just couldn't step on the throat and put this game away?
0: I, there's no talking people off the ledge. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, this is one of those ones where you just grab a drink. Uh, I'm gonna do it after this game. Like I am gonna do it. I mean, after this show, I'm gonna grab a drink and I'm gonna just try to go to bed. And because uh, I got to get up in the morning and do Vikings game day live. So um, honestly, when you look down the stretch, I think there were a couple fundamental issues here. One, the Gophers, I think, felt like they had the game under control and they didn't continue to do what they were doing well early on, which is let Darius Taylor cook. That man should have had 250 yards, no questions asked. I think they tried to establish the pass. Clearly, Brevin Span Ford, everybody keeps talking about Brevin Span Ford. They're making Brevin Span Ford like the focal point of a lot of like telecasts, and he's the player to watch, and he's. It's not there. like, And so I think it's time now to look at Corey Crooms. It's time to look at um, 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 uh, Elijah Spencer hasn't really got much in there, but Daniel Jackson's a guy. And, and then you talk about Chris Altman-Bell, clearly not 100%. He just goes out there every once in a while, but not really giving much to his offense. So they have to find other weapons. I think the answer is Darius Taylor. If he runs the ball 40 times this game uh, and, and Ethan only throws for 20, I think we can live with that if that means that's a win and the clock has run out um the special teams play at the end very questionable of the guy not actually down in the ball where he should have I mean I'm a tweet out a pitcher even the last uh drive of the game for the Gophers it said in overtime it said it was first and goal but they were like on the 11 it was like the 10 and a half they weren't crossed the 10 and they weren't on the 10 so I don't understand how if you have inches from the 10 how it's first and goal. it's not first and goal Even the blue line that the TV people drew was wrong because they had it drawn about drawn on the receivers off the line of scrimmage. But there's a lot you can put your finger on and say, this is where it got messed up. Honestly, for ben bryant and my my key to the game on the gophers pregame show was know which quarterback is in the game and know what you're going to get out of that quarterback everybody talked about ben bryant was a statue he's not a statue the kid can run and that's why my key of the game was keep the quarterback contained because in the pocket you could deal with him once he got outside the pocket and started running the gophers couldn't deal with him and and i think that was very uh Uh, That was underestimating the quarterback that you were facing because this kid can run a little bit. He's not, I mean, even the, 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 uh, I think it was Anthony Heron even said it on the, on the, on the telecast. He's like, oh, this guy can run. Everybody's saying he can't run. Yeah, that's lazy. I said contain the quarterback. And this is exactly why I don't care how stoic you assume a quarterback is. If you do not feel like you need to spy or have anybody watch the quarterback, if you're going to go after him, you are making a huge mistake, which they made, and and that's where he made them pay. And then and you you saw down the the, the Kurtz, Bryce Kurtz at the end. That touchdown to Bryce Kurtz, I knew he was going to get it. He got the fade. He got the next over route. And then for you to not think he's going to get this touchdown, that again, I'm like, how do you not realize that he's just going to Kurtz? Like he's the only guy right now making a, a play on this offense down that stretch. And so, yeah, I I can't really talk people off the ledge, Luke. Everybody's like – I'm not saying fire anybody because everybody – some people are saying that. Relax. Uh, You don't need to fire anybody. I see somebody in the chat, Jack, PJ needs to be fired tomorrow. Wrong. (laughs) Absolutely wrong. That's going too far. There's a ledge that I don't want you to jump off of, and that's the one. Uh, But I do feel like there's some fundamental things – The offensive line is good. The running game is Mm -hmm. good. The receivers can make plays. I just think at some point uh, you need to figure out what you have in Brevin's fan forward. And if you're not going to figure out, like, you're going to him at the wrong time because he's not doing anything, and then all of a sudden you expect him to make a play. We know Ethan did throw it high again to him, Um, and North North Carolina gave me throw it high to him. So I'm not going to go much. I'm going to let uh, Kane go because I know I can go on forever about this because I'm heated. I'm a little hot. I cannot believe they lost. Like, I was laying on the couch. I'm super confident. I'm like, yeah, let me get ready for this Vikings game. And I'm like, wait a minute. We're going to overtime. Are you kidding me <laughs> right now? We're
4: going to overtime?
0: You and so, me both. Yeah, man. Oh, and I, me I both. just don't get it, man.
3: Yeah, no, well said, Ron Kane. I mean, what did you see? Because it was obviously a tale of two halves there for sure. Are you putting on the offense? Def- the defense is going to take a lot of the heat, as they should. Coaching at the end of the day. But the offense, too, man. I mean, a lot of three and outs in that second half. What? Four of the five drives, yeah, they had that nice boom play with Darius Taylor on that 41-yard rushing TD, but a lot of three and outs and a lot of punts as well in between there
4: no that's exactly what it is in that second half i wrote down every drive in the second half you have four plays punt three plays punt four plays with your touchdown and it comes on fourth and one where darius taylor absolutely bailed us out by keeping his legs moving keeping the contact balance and then getting to the end zone after that three plays punt five plays punt five plays punt. your longest drive in the second half was five plays and the more you do that the more the defense is on the field the more the defense is gassed and i feel like it was a Death by out routes, death by comebacks. This whole second half, you saw wide receivers on the boundaries just sitting in the gaps of a zone. I just, it's so hard to take this loss and be okay with it. Uh, there were so many things that went wrong. Almost 500 yards in the offense to Northwestern, who has yet, I think they put up 319 on UTEP. Uh, UTEP isn't a top-notch defense by any means. So the fact that they put up almost 200 yards more, it's just baffling to say the least.
3: Yeah, absolute heartbreaker to lose. You're in control most of the game. Really puts a damper on, and we kind of touched on it. Another incredible night by Darius Taylor, the freshman phenom. Now, he's coming off back-to-back Big Ten Freshman of the Week honors. Fun fact, don't know if you saw the graphic middle of the game. F- last player to do so? Shannon Brooks back in 2015 thought that was kind of cool. And I think it's safe to say he's going to get some votes again for at least a potential award for the third straight week. 31 carries, buck 198 on the ground, two touchdowns. Uh, Ron, let me ask you this. You've been around. you played with plenty of Gopher legends when it comes to the running back position. And this program, I mean, they've had a laundry list of high-end talents guys come through here so just how impressive is it though to see a true freshman doing the things this kid is doing right now and just how much of a spark has he added to this offense too by the way
0: yeah i mean he's not a spark i mean he is the rb1 for this team i think as a freshman what we're going to see though and it was kind of strange down the end people are saying why is he in the game i think he got hurt or something happened like I think either he was hurt tired or something because when he was on the sideline he was standing behind like a wall of people for a little bit so either they were trying to hide him or something because something wasn't normal and right he wasn't just like standing by his running backs coach like maybe i'm going in next he was kind of standing back as if like something might be wrong with him and so i'm a little bit nervous about That for the fact of where he was standing, because it's one of those things where we wake up Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, even or Wednesday, because we know the Gophers like to play hide the ball tricks. And we're going to hear like, you know, limited or whatever, or he's not going to be able to go uh, against Louisiana. So I I don't know why he wasn't in there. But as far as he goes, as far as a, a team period He is legit. Like Sean Tyler, we didn't see much of him today. You got Bryce Williams back in there. But Darius Taylor, the second, deserves to be Big Ten Freshman of the Week again for the third time. Uh, Like I said, 199 with a lot of plays left in that game. The man should have had 240 yards rushing. There's no questions. He should have at least been able to pass DT's 205. Like he should have had 206 just to be petty and get that record. Um, But this kid is good. I mean, he's legit. He's a solid running back. Uh, Ball security, I think, was the key. We, we saw Sean Tyler put a couple on the ground. He didn't get to get back in. And then Darius Taylor, his ball security for a freshman, taking big hits, hit after hit in piles. Uh, he And he has a knack for keeping his legs going. That fourth and one was a huge momentum shift play for the Gophers. And I thought at that moment it was over. I thought they had kicked the door in and it was time to go home and, and put the baby to bed. Northwestern kids that start studying for their finals. And then all of a sudden, uh, yeah, <laughs>
3: That's I don't, all you can say, man. No, well said. Uh, Kane. let man. me ask you this. He was a three-star recruit coming out of Michigan. Shout out Ron Johnson, Solom State. No big deal. But did you expect this kid to be that good? Like just, uh, is this what fans expected from, you know, spring ball and everything else? Or now that you've seen a bigger sample size, like just how special could this guy be knowing he's a true freshman, just kind of scratching the surface right now?
4: Yeah, I think, I know they said that on Big Ten uh, Network a couple times too of how he's a three-star kid, but he was right on the verge. He was four-star for most of the year, and then Mm. they dropped him down to a three-star. Other platforms had him at four-star, but he was highly touted, highly recruited. Uh, Michigan tried to swoop in at the last second and get him, keeping him in that home state. I know Michigan State, Purdue, Wisconsin, they were all in on this kid, so it was great to see him stay here. I think the expectations were really high, and if you watched what he did in high school. I believe he had uh, three separate games where he scored six touchdowns in each of those three separate games. So he was a dog in high school and I'm not surprised to see it carry over, uh, especially when you hear things like he put on 17 pounds from his time as an early enrollee till when the season kicked off. So it seems like he's really serious about his game and about being ready to play right away. And we're seeing that firsthand.
3: Yeah, he was the twenty ninth running back recruit, I believe, in the country, which is wild to think about. So you tell me, there's twenty eight other guys ranked higher than him coming out of high school. Um, does his running style remind you guys of anyone specifically? Whether, yeah, I don't care if it's a former Gopher, a guy we're watching on Sundays in the NFL right now, obviously on a smaller scale, of course. Or Ron, anyone you used to uh, play with or saw back in college or the pros. This set of specific skill set that you're seeing from Darius Taylor right now, does he remind you of anybody?
0: Uh, no. I mean, honestly, he's he's like a Le'Veon Bell before Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I like that. Um, he, he's really patient behind the line of scrimmage um gophers backs in the past have always been hit the whole hard type of guys i mean he has the vision and the patience i guess of a marion barber but marion barber hit it at a different clip he was willing to run through you darius taylor doesn't have the back end speed of a lawrence maroney so just different like he's good um, but he's not. I don't want anybody to ever do this again. Not right now, at least. Let this kid get some speed behind him, some strength behind him, some growth behind him. But Daryl Thompson, Marion Barber, and Lauren Maroney were different horses. Mm-hmm. Like they were, they were, they were absolute like Kentucky Derby type. And, and, and Darius Taylor right now is, is like a, a my little pony. Like the kid is going to be really good, but he's young. Uh, he's fun to watch and look at, fun to play with. But Let's let's hold our let's let's pump the brakes a little bit before we put him in that echelon of those guys. Um, But I will say the kid is special, like like to see a kid do this as a freshman um, is extremely like. Ridiculous, but I have seen Marion Barber. The difference of Marion Barber and Darius Taylor. Marion Barber had to split time with Tellus Redman, who ended up being an NFL running back. Mm. So that was the one big difference. Marion could have carried the load, but Tellus was legit. Like Tellus, my senior year had carried the ball forty-six times in a bowl game. I think uh, we played uh, North Carolina State. So Darius Taylor is just a little bit different. But again, the, a freshman getting this much of a workload, I right. think maybe that was part of it too tonight. Maybe he cramped up or something happened towards the end. Uh, because there's a lot of work. Like PJ, we asked him on the on the PJ Flex Show this week. Like, hey, do, 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 is this RB one? And he kind of said yes, but was more like, well, this kid deserves more carries. Well, clearly today we saw he's RB one, but now can hit what can he sustain how long can he stay out there uh because there were a couple runs where he had big runs and then they left him in the game and he got nothing i'm like you got to know after every big run get this kid out he might not be mature enough now to tap out and leave because mo would tap out in a minute a lot of veterans tap out in a minute this kid probably just wants to say like look I i can go i can go coach no you're gonna hurt us by getting a negative run on this next play because you're extremely gassed so he's gonna learn but no i don't I don't think I've seen anything like this. Like, he's just – he's his own guy. He's different. But he is – He does remind me a little bit behind the line of scrimmage of Le'Veon Bell, but he doesn't have that down the the field top end speed Mm -hmm. just yet.
3: No, I like that. Now you got me thinking. My wheels are turning. Who's the last Gopher freshman you can think of that's made a similar type of impact that he has? Either side of the offense, Stephen, just a freshman who started out the gate this hot for the Gophers. Anyone come to mind for either of you guys? Because you just don't see this type of play from a youngster very often. So I'm curious who the last guy was that you guys remember.
4: Bateman came out pretty hot, I believe, uh, but that's uh, the last one yep. I can think of right from the jump, just having a big freshman year like that.
3: Mm-hmm. No, that's a good one. Uh, Gophers lose a heartbreaker, obviously. So what's the mentality like after not just a loss, but a loss like this here, Ron? You've played the game. You've been in the locker room. How do you mentally battle back from something like this? Like how drained are the players waking up tomorrow morning? And, you know, how tough is it to shake up? What do the coaches have to do now, too, here, Ron?
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I, I tweeted this out and, and well, actually, I don't think I tweeted out. I'm about to tweet this out, but we lost to Northwestern with a Hail Mary like in the Metrodome it had to be like 2000, I think. Um, and when you when you think about that loss, same thing. It wasn't like a, a comeback. It was a back and forth game, back and forth game. We had the lead. They got a chance at the end. They drove down. I don't know how many yards, but then they threw a freaking Hail Mary from like the 40 or something or the 50. And they actually converted it tip back. I think Damian. Uh Anderson was the running back at the time, and Zach Kustock, I think might have been the quarterback at the time uh and he caught it, and then he ran out the metrodome and you saw Jake Cuppy in tears so as a player i've been here so I, I have two sizes i 'm with the media now, so mm-hmm. my media hat is like i can't believe you guys did this, but as a former player i've been here, so like the players hurt worse than any of us like it hurts the players way more than anybody in the media the fans it like the coaches like it hurts the players the most because one you're now sitting on that plane headed back to minnesota second guessing every single play like how could i have done better here what could i have done better here Ethan calake manis is kicking himself like could i have thrown the ball maybe a little bit lower to Brevin span ford on, on that opportunity where he tipped it in overtime it could have been maybe a touchdown to him and then we don't lose and we just go to double overtime uh you know like it's it, he's going to kick himself a lot uh because the the North Carolina game everybody was like ah oh, wasn't that great now here's another game where it's like ah, you know like what's going on why is this kid like he's the 12th ranked quarterback in the Big 10 that's not great um, So he's going to be second-guessing himself. So for the players, like Tyler Newman, he's probably like, oh, how did this guy get wide open on that other touchdown to, to, to tie it up? Why did I let the quarterback's eyes – like, why was I so greedy and I just took off running to the outside and not trusting – the play if the quarterback's staring down the outside he's probably not going there because it's not northwestern's or nebraska's quarterback nebraska's quarterback gave him the read and he's like look coach told us he's gonna stare the guy down and i'm gonna jump this and he jumped it and he was the hero well same thing he watched the quarterback's eyes he tried to jump ben bryant and ben bryant's smarter than that this kid is a six-year senior like he's like look i know if i look over there you're gonna take off running because i want to get the middle of the field open and i'm gonna hit my receiver in the middle and so, like, they're gonna second guess and second and and think over every single play like that. There's like, how could I have gotten better? But at the end of the day, there's still something fundamentally that has to be figured out with this offense. Like the, the defense, I think, is solid, but they're just getting put on the field a little bit too much sometimes. But this offense, like, are you a running team or are you a passing team? Uh, and that's what everybody wants to know. Like, which one is it? And and is Brevin Span four gonna get used? If not stop trying like do th- or maybe try mm-hmm. plays that that suit his skill set like you know and 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 in my opinion i feel like there's probably stuff brevin for needs to work on and if it, if he hasn't worked on it yet Like, at what point do you force it or do you just say, look, we got to we got to go elsewhere right now. We got to go to somebody else.
3: Yeah. Ron brings up a great point. Like, what is the identity of this offense? Talk to me about Cali Manis's night. I'm just curious on your two cents just as a whole, how you'd grade him out tonight. And then I guess too, like glass half full, big picture, long term here, him developing together with a young and dynamic running back and Taylor for hopefully years to come, what that might look like as well.
4: Yeah, overall with the offense, I think the big question is identity because in that first half, you found balance. You saw a lot of Darius Taylor and finding the success there, but then you saw success with the play action. You saw success with the quick passing game and things opening up. I mean, Ethan started the game nine for nine. Like, that's still good play. He's making the right decisions. But from there, we kind of abandoned it in this, that second half. And that was my biggest question in this game in that second half. Now, I get Darius Taylor was going crazy, but. uh, Northwestern started adding more hats to that box, trying to take that run game away or put us in longer down and distance. So that third down, we have to pass the ball. And at that point, if they know the pass is coming on third down, they can kind of set up to try and take that away or make it more difficult. So I was curious why we kind of completely abandoned that passing game in the second half. I mean, we'd have one or two passes in those three or four play drives, but it would almost always be on third down. So I think that's the big question. And it was a question coming into this week is what is the identity? We know that we're going to run the ball, but, Everything looked nice in the beginning. I mean, you're up 24-7. You have balance. You have a quarterback who has about 100 yards. You've got a running back who's got 133 yards on the ground. And then all of a sudden, we went away from that, and that's where I was confused the most. So I am excited about a young quarterback, a young running back, who have both showed flashes. But at the same time, like how much How much can we continue to build on that if we get away from the things that we're finding success with? That's the biggest question mark for me now. And this was a game you absolutely should have won. Like Ron said, you got that fourth down, fourth and one touchdown, you run it in. I thought it was capped. I thought we were done. I thought we were coasting the rest of the night. And then for this to fall apart like that, it's just baffling to me. So definitely have to figure out the offensive identity long term.
3: Yeah, so early in the first half, Northwestern quarterback Ben Bryan was taking some shots. Do you remember the downfield? Just missing some guys by a half step here or there. Finally connects one with Bryce Kurtz, 80-yard, late first half TD. Give him a little bit of life, down 21-7. Kurtz, by the way, monster night. He was definitely their go-to guy. Ron, we know this defense is legit. You kind of touched on it, but give me just one thing specifically the defense can clean up next week and moving forward if we had to get nitpicky. I know you mentioned, hey, they just got to get off the field a little bit more that's on the offense but one thing if you're going to get picky on this defense
0: well next week honestly i don't think it's going to matter uh yep. nothing against you know the raging cajuns we played them numerous times uh when i played i think like ike taylor went there brandon stokely so guys i play played with and against so i've always talked about and loved uh our, our battles not battles we used to blow them out with the raging cajuns um but i don't i don't think this is a game the raging cajuns game should be a let me show you every Car in my garage. Like that's what that game should feel like. You sh- it should fi- we should be so sick of seeing how many cars PJ Fleck can put out on that field. Like when Floyd Mayweather does that. I know Kane Robb probably has seen the Floyd Mayweather videos where he's going around showing everybody the Bentleys and all the cars. He don't drive, uh, but he's like, Look, I got, I got d- these my this is my black. <laughs> I bought 12 black cars. Like, you're an idiot. You are an absolute idiot to buy 12 black cars in one year. Yes, you can afford it, but why? Like, why? Like, but anyway. But what, PJ, he should make us that sick. Like, we should hate on him to the point where we're like, man, why is this offense so ridiculous? Like, I'm so sick of seeing this. I'm sick of seeing Brevin Spanford catch back. Like, that's what that game should be. It should be a bounce back game. Ethan Calek, man, this. We should see a, a 44 pass attempt game, maybe. Uh, we know what the run game is, but this should be a game to get your passing game going and figure out what it is, what works, how do we get it going? Because they have splash plays when you see Daniel Jackson run wide open on a post corner. You, you see uh, Corey Crooms making ridiculous catches. Uh, you see Lameki Brockington coming open. So you see it, and then you're like, well, where'd it go? And, and if the running game's working, like, we don't need to pass. But it should be a point where you look at guys like Drake May, Bo Nix, Shadir Sanders. Like, these guys are out there just throwing to throw. Like, look, I don't have to throw, but I can throw, and I'm going to beat you with my arm. And that's what I want to see, Nathan Kallick-Manus have a game like that. Like, But this this is a game where it should happen, but then it's, it's moving on to the next Big Ten game. and which, And what should happen in the next Big Ten game is it has to be a masterful play calling where the check with me's are happening with 15 seconds left on the clock, not five. Because if I have five seconds left on the clock and I look over to my coach, I can't change the play. So it's a token. Like, why am I mm-hmm. looking at you with five seconds to go? I can't change the play. Unless you're going to call a timeout. Let me just look, at keep my eye on the defense so I know where they are. So some of that stuff, like it has to be a well-called game. and has to be able because Mike Sanford Jr. We won an entire year. Like, why is Mike Sanford Jr. offensive coordinator? At this point, we're saying, who's calling the plays? Like, that's what everybody wants to know. Some people are saying Harbaugh, the TV, talking about about Matt Simon. Like, who's actually calling the plays? PJ said it was Harbaugh, so that's what I want to know is, at what point does Matt Simon get a chance to call a game and then see what happens? Like, what's the worst that can happen at this point? Because that's what everybody wants to know. But a that's what good, I think they need to work on.
3: Yeah, a lot of good points there, Ron. Can, did I see uh, Chris Bell take a few snaps once again this game? Still a lot of confusion with that whole situation. Any word on what's going on with him? Because as we all know, when he's healthy and at his best, he can be one of those home run hitters in this passing game. Any, any latest or updates with him?
4: Haven't heard too much. We know Coach Fleck likes to keep the, the injury mm-hmm. stuff all in-house, like the trade secrets. But I think Ron brought up a really good point in one of our other uh, after – after game shows that it becomes a point where Coach Fleck mentioned You get back physically, but also you have to get back mentally. And so I still think it's overcoming that and trusting your body more. And so I know in North Carolina, we saw him kind of slip up on the only route he was able to run. He got more run this week. So I'm hoping that as he continues to trust it more, we can get more looks his way. I did see him in there late in the red zone look uh, at the end of regulation. Okay. So it looks like we're getting him in some of those more important areas. And so hopefully we'll continue to see him added into this offense more and more each week.
3: Uh, Ron, he was supposed to be a big part of this passing game this season. Give Manis a nice veteran target to lean on. How would you rate the passing weapons without him that have stepped up so far between Corey Crooms, the transfer from Western Michigan, Daniel Jackson, he caught his second touchdown of the year tonight. Lameki Brockington got in on the action as well. Like what's your confidence level in these pass catchers when this team is forced to air it out and play from behind when needed?
0: Oh, all the confidence in the world. Like they Mm -hmm. are, they are legit core. I think what Chris Mm -hmm. Altman Bell brings is just another weapon, uh, another violent catcher, a guy that can take a 50 50 ball and make it 80 20 his way because he does have the strong hands that PJ Fleck talks about. Um, But, you know, I, I think they're all serviceable. I I just wonder um, what, what, what is it going to look like? Is Brevin's because Brevin span four is an actual piece of this puzzle Um Like, even the last play where he – it was third and five. Brevin Spanford runs a three-yard route, and he throws it to him under no pressure. Like, there was nobody in his lap. Nobody was coming. It was a four-man rush. Your offensive line, it took care of it. Like, you can complete a third – a three-yard pass, and maybe he falls forward, but there's two guys on him. So, you can complete a three-yard pass and punt, or you could just wait, 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 let the back deep dig come open, hit that – or throw it out like run and then throw it out of bounds you got to punt either way. either way you're punting but why why throw a three-yard route and wh- why run a three-yard route like i that that baffles me to no end um, when i see that happen third and five you have time to run a five-yard route you're six seven 260 pounds that should just be an easy run turn catch at five yards let's move the sticks and so like, little stuff like that. But I do have confidence in them. I, I'm just concerned at this point now, you know, this far into the season, we still haven't seen an emergence of Brevin Span 4. Like, that's that to me, We that's all everybody talked about. He came back for another year, could have left and went to the NFL. Um, and now if I'm an NFL scout even, I'm, I'm watching the games and I'm like, well, can I say the team's not using him right? Maybe. That could be part of it. Um, or why isn't the team using him right? That's the two sides of a scout.
3: Yeah, as we start to wrap up here, I want to know how you feel about the team four games into the season as we kind of start to look ahead to the remaining of the schedule. Before we do that, quick reminder, this episode brought to you by Jace Medical. Life throws plenty of curveballs at us. That's why the Jace case is out there providing you with five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, giving you that peace of mind. You've got access to the right medication on hand whenever you need it. With the Jace case. Jace case is simple. They've handled the evaluation process. They've got their licensed pharmacy medication delivery to your doorstep, along with the consultation and care when you need it. Save over $360 by getting these life saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus save an additional $20 using the code LOCKED ON. That's one word, LOCKED ON at checkout over at JACEMEDICAL.com. J A S E Medical.com. Use the promo code LOCKED ON for the peace of mind when you
1: need it. All right, guys, four games into the season. Now, what would you say is the identity,
3: the biggest strength and weakness of this 2023 Gophers team? Kane, I'll start with you.
4: You know, heading into this one, I definitely would have said the defense and the mm. run game. The run game still seems to be pertinent there. I still believe in the defense, but man, this was definitely a dropping of the ball by the whole defensive. Uh, and I think it says, especially in that second half, the first half, it wasn't too bad, but I mean, to give up almost 500 yards total, and it just—it seems like we couldn't stop them on any drives. Definitely some concerns, especially after back-to-back weeks. I believe with North Carolina and with Northwestern now, the Gophers have given up about 870 pass yards in the last two weeks. So something has to change. Something has to be addressed because clearly there's something on the film that these teams are seeing they can expose. So there's got to be some adjustments made in this upcoming week.
3: Yeah, Ron, what's your evaluation or your grade of this team now with four games in the books sitting at two and two?
4: Uh,
0: so sitting at two and two, this is what I'll say is I kind of agree with Kane on that. Like there's something that teams are figuring out. You you have two quarterbacks back to back weeks just go to work. And so, yes, it took a fourth quarter for them to figure it out, but it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it they won. So you can't say like, oh, well, for three quarters, we, we had it figured out. We just got to go in the fourth. In the fourth quarter, like I said, when you saw Bryce Kurtz start to get loose – there was something to it where they figured out, like, hey, these guys are jumping the first router. These guys are jumping the the, the, the trinket we throw in front of them and let's throw something else behind them. Um, like it it just it was just way too many guys coming up open in the end, uh, whether in the fourth quarter. Again, maybe they sat back and said, Look, we got a huge lead, let's just let's keep them in front of us. I hate when that mindset happens when coaches just do that. They change the game plan just because they're winning. Like the best thing I saw today was Oregon and Colorado, even though they were up 42 to nothing or whatever it was. Oregon never changed what they were doing. They kept going after Colorado. They kept trying to sack Shadur. They kept going. Like, that's how you do it. You keep doing what got you to where you are in that score versus changing it up. Because in sports, we know this. If there's any time left on the clock, any time left on the clock, and you feel like there's enough time to win this game, Teams, most good teams, are going to do it. And Northwestern, for a program that we all assume was in shambles, uh, which it still is, this was a great signature win, though, for this interim coach because like that's that's one yeah. thing where he can hang his hat on. Even if he doesn't get the job, he can hang his hat on the fact that he beat a coach that everybody was talking about. He had no shot in beating. He had a team, beat a team that nobody gave him a shot at beating the Gophers, so on and so forth. Uh, he did it. He did it in in grand fashion. At the end, his team never gave up, uh, and I, and I think that's the big key is he can say he did this, not Pat Fitzgerald, not whatever. Like he did it, and so for the Gophers, um, I don't know. Like I, I just think these last these last four games, you've seen the tail of two teams, yeah, and you've even seen that show up in this game. Like even North Carolina before the interception of uh, Kyle, Cole Kramer, it was thirteen to twenty one. If Cole Kramer actually doesn't YOLO the bit and throw it to the end zone and nobody, and they actually score, maybe kick a field goal to 16 to 21. Like there it's a one score game. And maybe they put a little pressure on Drake may that interception gave Drake may all the cushion he needed. Like, all right, whoo, All right, we're good. Let's go score. And let's put this thing up by two scores. And, and, and they got to find ways to not do not shoot themselves in the foot. Like today wasn't turnovers. Today was just towards the end. Got likes of days ago. PJ flex is going to say he hated the fourth quarter. A lot of people did. I think everybody did. And so That I don't know, like, I don't really have the answer because I'm so stunned by what we saw.
3: Yeah, a lot of good points there, Ron. They've got Louisiana next week, and then we get into the thick of things Michigan, Iowa, Michigan State. Bang, bang, bang. Kane, when you look at the remaining schedule now, what's your realistic prediction and feelings about how this team could look by season's end? Like, find us a positive here as we wrap up.
4: You know, it's tough. It's tough because everybody called this one, everybody called this a Easy win, a away win, myself included. I was like, this is a game you don't lose. Um, but I think Louisiana is a good game for us. Uh, and besides that, you know, the Big Ten West still has been sloppy. Purdue looked sloppy this week. Uh, Illinois has looked sloppy left and right. Michigan State has looked sloppy. So there's still winnable games. Like Even though this hurts and it stinks and it feels terrible, we've had one of these each year, which is unfortunate. But you had Bowling Green. We had the Purdue game last year, which felt like that was a winnable game that we should have taken. This is going to go in that category. So now you got to look, you got to bounce back, and you have to go win the games that people are going to doubt you on, the, that people are going to say, you can't beat Michigan State because you lost to Northwestern. You can't beat Illinois because you lost to Northwestern. You got to go and respond now.
3: Agreed. Well said, fellas. Good vent session. here. I think we all needed it. The fans needed it. Gophers let the Wildcats back into it, blow a 21-point lead, end up losing an OT 37-34 and fall to 2-2 two and two on the season. Kane Robb, on Gophers host. Check out his full deep dive and reaction coming out in the next few days, I'm sure. Ron Johnson, Gophers legend, Hall of Famer. Check him out on the Ron Johnson Show. And make sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Sports Minnesota channel because we're doing this each and every game. For Kane. For Ron Johnson, I'm Luke Imman. Until next time, signing out.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.